Um, hey guys, I uh, just want to welcome you to the podcast. This has been uh, a long time running. Me and Nick, um, we've been childhood friends for what, almost 10 years now, I'd say? That, I think it's 10 years. It's all yeah, the way yeah. back to grade eight. Yeah. Yeah, going on. So back it's, to a, it's a long time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I actually, the, the song for this is um, Childish Gambino, Freaks and Geeks. I that, know, that song takes us way back. And I think that was your that's when you first introduced me to Gambino. I think it was. I think I remember, I don't know where I found the song, but I knew the guy from Community was just busting a track and I was like, this is amazing. And then I remember passing it on to you and it was like every single pre-drinks. I remember when, like, when, I, when there was a point where me and Kanye were in Australia yeah. and every single pre-drinks we were playing Jesus. Charles Gambino, <laughs> Greeks and Kipis. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, and I think I remember that the one line that like stuck to me was her face. Now that's poetry in motion. Motion. Ah, oh, best <laughs> line ever. It's incredible. <laughs> what? It's so gruesome, but it's so funny and it's so cool. I mean, you can't fault the guy. He's amazing, no matter what he does. Yeah, no, truly, definitely one of my idols um, in today's society for sure. Hundred percent. Definitely. Just ever. Any time. I mean. So now what? What's been happening this week? What's been happening with you? Anything, anything special? Well, um, not much. Uh, almost end of the weekend. So back to yeah. work tomorrow. But a huge thing that happened last night was, is that, yeah. um, you know, it's obviously in South Africa, we have Supersport and our panel. We have usually Ashton Zulimsa at the TV and then yeah. Lars and Nick Mallett, and most of the time Colin Shinga. Um, yeah. But, and then, but what happened last night was, is that, Something happened off air, and then when they came back, came back on air, Ashwin said, listen, I'm not going to deal with two apartheid players. I'm leaving. Oh, and shit. It was crazy. It was crazy. I've never seen anything like that in like a long time. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. Um, and he just chucked. He just left. He pulled off his mic thing and just walked off, and he said, I'm glad this is happening on live TV because people need to know. So obviously that's it. We're sent South Africa into a bit of a flurry because we didn't know what he was talking about. Was it a racial thing? Was it a fight thing? Um, yeah. And it seems like it's people sort of know now, like it's been released quite recently. But it is a very interesting uh, thing to happen because maybe this has been bubbling under for a while. Okay. And then I guess the, my first question is you as a journalist, you know, mm. you being in the industry, have you heard anything, you know, behind the scenes as to where this sort of came from and how it all came, came about? Well, I in mean, so that backstage conversation. So, I mean, my, the original report was, oh, so I've got some, some friends on the inside <laughs> and um, a former <laughs> colleague bad. of mine. And he, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he said that, um, Nick Mallett and Lars Boerter referred to one of the black players in the Lions team as a quota player. So, and then in Ashwin's sort of argument, he said, I'm not going to, as someone who's labeled as a quota player for a long time, um, and let's not get it twisted. Ashwin Willemser was rated player's player of the year and like 2004, I think. He was young player yeah. of the year for like a long time. He's got like a big history, but he's a World Cup winner. He's got a big history behind him. He's, no, he's not a bad player at all while he was playing. Uh, but he was yeah. saying he got labeled a quota player quite a lot and he wasn't going to take, he wasn't going to accept that kind of, um, that sort of language from, from Nick Madison and Nasporta and then left. Um, okay. Well, that's what I, I heard. I don't, want, 
I don't want to cut you off, but I think for some of the viewers that you know might not be from South Africa, they're wondering what what is a quota player. Sure. You know, they don't know what Anthony Williams looks like. So can you explain to us what a quota player is? So the quota player, I mean, it's become a bit of a rude word now. So it was, it yeah. used to be like, it used to mean, listen, like the South African um, sports started by um, Mr. Chief's Twitter, the grandfather of the other man on the podcast in Kanyiso, uh, oh, yeah. started, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, started the quota system, uh, completely unrelated, but started the quota <laughs> system, which is an idea to get more black representation in the Springbok team was to play more black players. You have to have a certain amount of black players in your team. And yeah. it's, I mean, some people completely just, um, completely hate it. Some people uh, support it. Myself, personally, I support it because I've seen the benefits and what it does for the rugby community. But yeah, so there's obviously like, a, there's a lot of um, controversy around the idea of quotas. So before it just meant you need to have so many black players in your team. And now it's like a bit of a rude word. So they sort of changed like the narrative to transformation in inverted commas as opposed to quota players. So now the only people who use the word quota are people on Facebook who are trying to be rude about black players. Yeah. And so from what I understand, they were, you know, sort of referring to this quota word that's sort of become a pretty sensitive word in South Africa. And Ashwin um, obviously taking offense to that word. And also there was, there's another backstory. I went, you know, I went into the Twitter universe, as you do. Sort of, sort of the comment deep dive, as they call it. I'm a bit of a comment yeah. expert or analyst, rather. And <laughs> one, of the, one of the conversations venture, that was yeah. yeah, one of the comments that, or you know, a common comment was that this is something that had actually been brewing for quite a while, and that if you actually watch, uh, I'm not sure what the show's called now. It used to be called like Boots and All or mm. Super Sport Rugby. Um, you know, sort of the preview. Sure. I think it's like called episodes. First Fifteen or something. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently. Mallet and Boerta had always been sort of patronizing Willem and his sort of analysis. Uh, and that, you know, I think he's been constantly being undermined throughout the show. And I think it's a sort okay. of, it reached this boiling point where he was just like, you know, actually, you motherfuckers played in apartheid era rugby. How, like, <laughs> how are you even allowed to analyze players? Like, how am I sitting opposite <laughs> you right now? You know what I mean? You guys benefited wholly from apartheid, and now I have to sit here in front of you, and you're going to tell me about why my, my, my analysis isn't yeah. good enough. Like, Fair enough. Half of you, I sort of do get it. Half of you were quota players because they made sure that it was only white players during apartheid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now you're going to cover... And dis- of the yeah. country. And now here you are disrespecting me when I was playing in an era, which I'm pretty sure, you know, Willems have played in an era where those guys obviously didn't compete at, you know, in terms of you know, human evolution, sure. supplementation, mm. professionalism of the game. So I, I, Definitely. There's a bigger athleticism, sure, yeah. Yeah, so I can definitely understand the amount um, frustration. But yeah, wow. It'll be interesting to see I mean, how that brews over, you know, the coming days and weeks. And is there any action that seems like it's going to be taken? Well, I don't know. The Minister of Sport, her name escapes you now, unfortunately, but I will try to look it up just now. Casa? Um, uh, it's Casa. Yeah, I think it's Kassa. So yeah. she's, she's called for the suspension of Mallet and Porter while this goes on. Which seems, I don't know, because it doesn't even seem like a racial thing as far as I see. I mean, I don't know. I'm a white man, so I I've got no, uh, <laughs> I've got yeah. no leg to stand on in, these, in a racial conversation. But I mean, it seems more like a work dispute, like two, three people not getting on as opposed to a person being discriminated against in this place of work. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? What's your opinion on the matter? I think, you know, I sort of, you know, I live in Australia, so I'm waking up and this stuff is just blowing up on my phone. And 
what, yeah. what it's what, yeah. what, what it's sort of done amongst you know quote unquote black Twitter is it's opened this wormhole mm. of a lot of black people and uh, you know a lot of black people are striving are, are striving to live in the white economy, and it seems sure. like this is a brewing topic that a lot of us deal with on a day-to-day basis of this constant, mm. you know, being patronized, maybe the way you speak sure. or, you know, your lack of understanding or your, your time of trying to understand things. And, you know, even sometimes your credentials mm. being undermined because you're black. So it sort of opened this conversation where people are saying like, no, this sure. is, and you know, w- one of the quotes was, you know, these things happen over time and they're very subtle. So that by the time it eventually it eventually mm. reaches the boiling point, here you are overreacting, or you know, why are you being dramatic? Sure, because there's nothing to actually point to in terms of evidence of okay, you were racist at this point, but it's sort of this, you know, but sure, it's a it's a that bit of like chip, chipping away. If it's like more of like you a chip away like, at the emotion, it's like a snowball effect as opposed to one like he didn't come out and be like overtly racist, but it was like a, a snowballing slowly but boiling up and maybe yeah. with Ashwin or and, yeah. That makes that makes and a way sense. To, to make it relate easier for just white people in general. If you listen to the podcast, you know whether you had a boyfriend or, or girlfriend. Mostly, it happens with girls. You know, and a girl, mm. she always feels sometimes patronized because guys always think they're smarter than them. Or, you know, I, I don't know. This could be controversial yeah. to say, but sure. sometimes you'll be chilling with your girl, and then all of a sudden she'll just erupt, and you'll be sitting there like, "Wait, what? What the hell just sure. happened?" Only to find, only to find <laughs> out. When you sit down and have a conversation that you've actually been, you know, not in your best game for the last week, two weeks, three weeks. Sure. You've been completely patronizing your woman for so long. And I suppose that's just, that's just inbred uh, patriarchy. But I understand what you mean. It's not like a, it's not like a, it's not a one thing that happens. It's something that happens for, for so long that that person actually just can't manage to deal with it anymore and erupts. Yeah. When, yeah. When maybe that, and you know, at the no, end I mean, of the day, there's no place for sense. racism. Like, if, if you gotta, if you gotta wild out, wild out. Sure, you, you've got to call people on their shit. At the end of the day, I think it's super important. Mm. No, anyway, we'll we'll break to our next segment where we you know that was that was a bit of the serious topic of the day. What everyone was thriving for, or not thriving, I'm sort of buzzing about this weekend, and it was the royal wedding. Did you did you happen to catch this thing? I, I didn't catch much of it, but from what I did catch is that David Beckham oh, no, was, was fire. That was just saying he, he's the best looking man in the world. And then I saw a photo, I was like, maybe he is. Maybe he's one of the best looking men at 45 odd, whatever he is. This guy's just killing it. Like, why are we still here? What are we, what are the rest of mankind doing? And I mean, man as in men. Like, what are we doing if people like David Beckham are walking around? Like, is there um, even a point? I'm willing, um, I'm willing to say that David Beckham is drinking one month old baby's pee and sipping on young children's blood. Like I'm willing, I'm willing for that to be a thing. I'm willing to put that out there. Like you found the fountain of youth and it happens to be in like eating chicken livers at a certain time at midnight or like he's got, there's some witchcraft going on because he can't look that good at that age. What is he doing? And now he's out there (laughs) releasing vodka and shit. I was in South Africa recently. Didn't actually get a chance to catch you, but yeah. he was just there in in in, in restaurants yeah, releasing no. whiskey and shit. I'm like, come on, dude, no, something's going on here. Was he here in SA? Yeah, he was there in SA. When was I in South Africa? I was in South Africa almost a month ago, and um, yeah, two, yeah, a month yeah, ago, a friend yeah, of ours, yeah. um, or a couple of friend of ours, the girls, they they were trying to catch David Beckham at some fancy restaurant in Joburg, and he was there doing like a promo for some whiskey he was releasing or vodka. Yeah. What? Exactly. I had no idea. 
Anyway, how dare, how dare he look so good at that age? Yeah. I think it's unfair, dude. I don't know. Is it just money? If you have lots of money, can yeah, you stay but, young? You know, at the same time, he's one of those people I always watch and I'm like, how are you still making money? Like, is it is it is it all ads? True. Is it all promo? Like, you know, every every three months it's like a David Beckham, you know, perfume, or like, you know, his he was the H and M like cover model. Then he has like a, a range every now and again. But I'm still I'm still flabbergasted sure. about how he stays so rich. I mean, but there must be. I think just once you have that amount yeah. of money and your face is better on yeah. that many billboards, you can't stay. You can't be poor. You can't get poor. Yeah, like, like there's just possible. like the set amount of money that they have to keep giving you you die <laughs> like just oh. it's like the hollywood board <laughs> <laughs> like the hollywood but you got it um strip of fame whatever just says listen you've made 50 million now so now we owe you 50 million for the rest of your life and you go okay great cool so can i just hang out at my my island uh, beach house in the bahamas for the rest of my life and earn that amount of money and they'll be like yeah sure just just go just do whatever you want we'll just give you yeah. all the money you need to and invite you to every cool event yeah that's and what i mean like, even when you hang out with rich people like i just can't how do rich people hang out with rich people because someone's paying for that shit, you know or we're going out for drinks or going out for lunch <laughs> like uh, is beckham just one of those guys who just never pays like he's just there end of the night I mean... <laughs> and he's just like no no look at me how do you think I don't, I don't pay. Like, no, I'm, sorry. Sorry, you owe me $10,000 yeah. for sitting at your restaurant. I, did you not I realize mean, he, that? He literally yeah, lives on exactly that level. Like, hey, I'm thinking about your restaurant. I, I'm not paying. I'm like, oh, Mr. Beckham, yeah, come through, come through, whatever you want. I legit think he's on that stream. No, of course. I have everything yeah. for free. Yeah. And I'll, I'll come back. We went on a bit of a wise Beckham so good looking tangent, but I'll come back to the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the highlight of the weekend. Let's go back the to the wedding, wedding now. And yeah. I'm watching this wedding and I'm yeah. seeing horses everywhere. And I'm seeing a lot of white people and I'm mm. I'm just looking at this thing and I'm like, who the fuck is paying for all this shit? <laughs> dude, that's so, dude, who's paying the for the fuck? wedding? There's every everything you want. There's a from a roller coaster to a horse on its hind heels, whatever you want, there's that it's at dude. the fucking wedding. Who is paying for the amount and of like, stuff that is there? People that are being able to be this close to the royal family. Like all the people with their little with their flags and all this TV coverage, like Good Morning America was there, Channel 7 from Australia was there. There's there's people who like who are professional it's crazy. They're professional journalists. They studied for years, and here they are covering a wedding in the middle of nowhere. I'm just like, fuck. Someone's gonna pay those people. I mean, <laughs> dude, I think even ACC yeah. was there. I mean, who, who, but, but like, I mean, when it comes down to it, like, they had to, like, they had to stop the roads of London, one of the busiest cities in the world. They're actually like, sorry. This this whole stretch of of economy is just gonna shut down for so many hours so that these two people that have to be born in particular families can walk yeah. down and get married. It's crazy. I mean I mean like I don't know. But yeah, I mean doesn't the don't they does it just come out of the well, taxpayer? What I, I did a bit of research. By research I mean I was on YouTube in bed for about an hour. And what what, what I found <laughs> yeah, I mean, was that is that research. It seems that the Queen has her own net wealth, like her own, you know, she, and she got that from okay. inheriting from her father. Well, from being on the on the notes. No, no, she has like, uh, she accumulated okay. her own income and stuff. Like she worked, and like she she got she inherited a lot of money from her father, like physical cash. And then there's the sovereign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't work. She well, doesn't need I to mean, gain a lot. By work, I mean learning how to become queen. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, apa- and apparently cool. the queen used to... So she went to Queen to School and learned how to cut ribbons. Like for cash. Yeah, like she's what? massive. Okay. Like she's had that's, horses. That's badass. And, you know, ranches and things like that. So she, I think she made... They estimated about 10 mil clean just of horse racing. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then... So she's actually... Like, yeah, she made her deep, own money. Yeah? yeah, yeah. And then apparently there's also the finances um, from the personal estates. So, like, all the property they, mm. are, they own in England. Like, oh, actual land. okay. And that, and then there's also, like, landmarks in England. Like, I, I don't know if it's Piccadilly Circus, but they're basically showing a montage of different places in London. Mm. I, you know, they didn't give us any, you know, subheadings. I thought I saw Piccadilly sure. Circus. I could have seen any place. But I think <laughs> and they Pic- own Piccadilly Circus. Yeah, I'm, they could just be owning land all over the place. And then, obviously, you know, they own the royal brand, which apparently is estimated to bring in, you know, yeah. billions or five, $500 million to a billion dollars um, to the royal family. So, What, like in tourism? Yeah. Because I know every yeah. once in a while, like if someone says we should get rid of the, the, the royal family and then they'll say, no, but think about all the tourism yeah, yeah. they bring in. And I'm like, does that make sense? No, but it's legit a thing though. Like you go but, to London, you go into the, you go into the Buckingham Palace. You're going to go check it out. I've never, right. I've never been. I lived there for two years. I never yeah, went to the palace. You weren't visiting England. You were in England. Like you were yes. with okay. Tommy. You, you yeah. can't be there chilling with okay. guys being like, hey guys, let's go visit Buckingham Palace. They're like, dude, we've been here our whole fucking life. We didn't give a shit about that stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> I went there on 15 different school trips when I was at school. Why yeah. would I go again it's now? like me. Like, fuck, fuck you, you like, son. I'll you, you live in Cape Town. How often are you at the beach? I've, I've literally been yeah, there once since thing. I moved to Cape Town. That same psychology, like, man, it's always there. If I need to go, we'll go. But other than that, help that thing. Yeah. 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 Good point. I hate to be. Yeah. There. So long story short, the the royal wedding. I need to see those finances. I want to see those invoices. I'm putting out an investigation. If you listen to this podcast and you have invoices, send them to me. Because I feel like, because I feel like, if <laughs> if you if you were being contracted for the wedding, aren't you just going to bill those motherfuckers all you can? I mean, because you—it's the—it's yeah. the royals. So if your usual if your usual costing is like is like a thousand pounds, you're gonna be like, it's the queen. I can yeah. make it four thousand. She can afford. Yeah, and apparently, Kate yeah. and Will's exactly. wedding, um, the older brother, apparently it was twenty-five mil in total. You're joking. Twenty-five million British pounds. Yeah. The kind of money ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of people will never see in their life. These oaks just Dude, you can buy a country with 25 million pounds. Yeah. yeah, and apparently Prince Charles and um, Princess Diana's wedding was 150. 150 mil. They, we, never, we didn't even have what? internet then. How'd you spend all that money? Dude, you can buy a nice country with 150 million, <laughs> with 150 million pounds. Fuck. You could buy like New Zealand with 150 Easily. million pounds. Easily. Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. These motherfuckers are wealthy as fuck. Um, it's crazy maybe a documentary series on them being exploited there has to be something there's little African babies underneath the palace like something's going on <laughs> we need to find out what's going it's on. like a conspiracy like there's still slavery I going on in the palace something's going on in that bitch something's yeah. weird dude I would love to see I always whenever I see that kind of stuff I always think about like all oh, the White House or whatever I always think there's like a secret room that like you 
push this book this way and you push this statue this way and a secret room opens with all the country secrets and it's all there and it's like well like the moon landing and actually went to war with the aliens in 1600s and we haven't told anyone about oh, 100%. it 100 i always think about that oh yeah no i, I think about that all the time because it's 100 percent a thing <laughs> <laughs> If someone's watching this right now and they're in denial, you're in denial of your own life, your own existence. Dude, you don't even, even know. know. You don't even know what reality is. Yeah, wake listening. the fuck up. Stop reading all those books. <laughs> <laughs> it's a conspiracy, man. They're it's running a cons- the world. We're all aliens. We're all reptiles. <laughs> the Illuminati is coming for you. Yeah, maybe, maybe though. Let's, um, let's not sound too uneducated. It, maybe it's not true, but... No, no, let's... Um, uh, but it, it, it could, could be. be, it could be, and, and I'm one that could be. Could be yeah, I mean, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, moving on to, to our next topic, yeah. um, in terms of social media, because I know you find social media very interesting, and you, and you, you see, you don't see it the point in it really at the moment, or do you? Oh man, I'm just, I'm just struggling with the social media thing. Like I, I you know, it all started when Facebook started giving memories and start showing us like, hey, check what you did in 2000. And, 12. <laughs> hey, check how smart you were in 2012. Well, like the... <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you made like a dumb status yeah. when you were like grade 9. And you're like, why did I ever put this out there where someone else could read it? Yeah. This is so stupid. Yeah, and I think initially we, um, it was about yeah. like, oh, we have this thing, social media. And I just want to get across my thought. And I just mm. want to, I think I'm important. I should post. But then as I'm getting older, it's, sure. it's sort of, you know, sort of the demographics of who posts frequently and who doesn't. And like why mm. why do you post why does this person post and i think i'm just i'm struggling with why should i or shouldn't i post or wh- why do i because sure. at the moment i literally feel like instagram is crack for your eyes <laughs> like i'm I was, like it doesn't doesn't help you in any way i was sitting there 2 a.m last night and i was just scrolling scrolling i'm like what is what the fuck have i just been looking at like what the fuck did I just get? Nothing, zero. <laughs> not not zero. a single thing. If it anything, makes you, it makes you, yeah. If anything, now I'm hungry because I've been up so late. So now I'm overeating. So now <laughs> Instagram is putting food in my mouth that I don't need. So it's making me fat. It's making you put food in your mouth you don't need. You're not getting the sleep you need. And when it comes down to like, it actually just makes you really um, uh, jealous, I think, and it makes you insecure. Because you see your friend that you, or your friend, your, the person you follow that you met in like grade eight and you never seen again, but you follow them on Instagram and now they're like on a yacht in Italy because their parents are super rich and their, their girlfriend is ridiculously good looking and they're just popping bottles and chilling with rap stars. And you're like, how is their life like this? How do I aspire to do that? Instead of just being comfortable in your own skin. So I, I think it's unhealthy, man. I think it's really unhealthy. Yeah, and it's weird because like it's this unhealthy thing, but the flip side of the coin is this whole this whole perception of branding and your mm. brand, and we live sure. in this new age. Hey, hey, what's your brand? Hey, hey, are you, are you fit? Hey, are you reading articles? <laughs> yeah. Are you attending conferences? Hey, hey, what's happening? Yeah, sure. What's going yeah. on in your life? Are you doing your third degree for no reason? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Have you done your MBA? <laughs> Not. Oh, you're dying, mate. You're dying. Yeah, you're a bum. Jesus, um, yeah, Jesus Christ, it's just, I mean, and, it, and that also feeds back into what you were saying in terms of, you know, it, it makes you feel insecure, it makes you feel sure. like, fuck, am I doing anything in my life? Exactly, 100%. Like, am, I, am I just sad every day? 
Like, I, I just work for money and go on occasionally. Am, is, is am I wasting my life? I mean, I'm going to be 85 and when I'm, I haven't been in a single yacht with a single rap star. I'm obviously, <laughs> <laughs> I'm obviously wasting my time. Um, but to go back with, yeah. to what you were saying about brands. So I went to, a few months ago, my company sent me to this, um, this Universal Studios music marketing uh, event. Okay, so they were trying to obviously get us yeah. to to hire them and use them and stuff. They're like, but they're like a really effective company. So what they did was, he's like a South African, uh, I'm sure you must have heard of him before, a South African rapper called Kurichana. Now, they went to... So, Kurichana. Kurichana. So, so Absolute Vodka and went to this universal uh, music marketing company and said, we want to we want to be the top selling vodka brand in, in, uh, in Africa. Wait, so they, so, do you just want to start over the last 30 seconds? We lost you for a little bit. Oh, did you, did so you lose start, me? Yeah, okay, so cool. start so, from, you, you, you're talking about a rapper who has a weird name. Okay, cool. So, okay, so, so this, so Absolute Vodka went to this rapper, Kuli Chana. Yeah. Um, sorry, they went to Universal and they went to Universal and said, we want to be the biggest vodka sales uh, company in, in Africa. Yeah. So this Universal Marketing um, Agency went to Kuri Chana and said, we're going to make a song. We're going to write it for you. We're going to create the music. And it's going to be all about how Africa is rising and it's so great to live in Africa and whatever. And it's a, an amazing song. If you hear it, you'll be hooked immediately. It's an incredible song. Yeah. And it was, and, and after that happened, after they released the song and the music video, Absolute Vodka increased its market share by something like 36% in Africa. It is the most wow. drank vodka in the in the whole of Africa and South Africa. The song went number one in South Africa as well as the rest of Africa. It was crazy. And this is the kind of stuff that these people do. And what they were saying to us was and how they based their ah. how they based their business model was um, yeah. people wanna be brands and brands wanna be people. Oh. And that's for me is fascinating. Yeah. Well that's straight fire. Yeah. Super interesting. So what? They, they they just attached the vodka to the artist, and it just blew up. Yeah, they attached they attached wow. the feeling. They attached like Africa Rising, the the concept yeah. of Africa Rising okay. to to the product. So when you drank vodka, well, you weren't just drinking vodka. You were part of the the cultural rising of Africa, and it's ah. it was amazing. It was brilliant. Strate it was so cool. Strategic marketing at its best. Yeah fascinating but i mean oh, that's wow. the whole deal about social media so they use social media very well to get the video out there and how they 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 used um that messaging through social media to put out the message and they they know that people want to be brands as well so they try to facilitate that with inviting certain people to certain um to certain conferences or shows or concerts or whatever it's very interesting oh wow so mm. how, how do you interpret social media at the moment just put it on a personal level or on a brand level if you want to call yourself a brand. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, Nick McGregor Inc. Um, uh, at, the mo at the moment, I'm trying to up my Instagram followers just because oh. I know it's an asset. I know people will respect me more if I have more Instagram followers. And that's a sad world we live in, but it's true. It's like 100% a real thing. So, so you, you're just I, talking I mean, facts right now. I think so. I mean, what do you yeah. think? If you if you meet someone who's got four hundred followers as opposed to someone who has six thousand followers, that's it's interesting. I mean, what what's your yeah. opinion on it? No, no, I definitely agree because there's someone I've known in high school, and they, you know, I won't say who they were, but they weren't shit. 
and mm. all of a sudden I'm looking on the Instagram and they're a, they're an author slash entrepreneur. They're at these sure. events. They've got like sort of South African personalities bringing them up, like personalities you know mm. have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers. Her 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 ratio isn't like you know it's not crazy, but she's chilling on like five thousand followers, and I'm I still felt away. Like I still felt like oh shit, this person you know they, they might be better than me or. Like I, I definitely mm. see them in a new light because of the amount of followers. So I guess yes, I'd be lying if I said I'd be lying if I was like, man, that, that stuff don't mean shit. I don't care about no followers. <laughs> I just care about Fuck your personality that. and sure, if you're yeah. you know, if you're good hang. But I mean mm. we do live in the digital age. So Sure. I mean I think Maybe I've got to focus have... on getting my followers up. I mean, maybe you do. I think if you do have that many followers, regardless of what your opinions are, they suddenly matter. Because if you if you can influence six out I suppose they call them influencers uh, influences. If you can influence oh, six yeah, thousand people, yeah. If you can influence six thousand people, then you are now a person of interest. You're a person of importance in our modern day digital society. Yeah, and I mean mm. that makes you marketable. And if mm. you're marketable, that means you can you know sell product. Sure. Potentially 100%. sell product, promote services, all that type of stuff. So yeah, I, I definitely think. Talking it out a bit more now, it, it definitely sort of makes me think, oh shit, maybe I'm not actually work on the brand that is Instagram. Mm, sure. Yeah. So yeah. And also, sense. if you listen to the podcast, leave us some voice notes and tell us what you guys think about, you know, social media and Instagram and personal branding and how you interpret it. Yeah. I'd love definitely to hear your, interested your Yeah. Mm. Anyway, man, we've, we've reached a half hour mark and we said we're going to do 10 minutes, but you know, that's... <laughs> That's the beauty of podcasts. And that's the beauty of a podcast. It just carries on going. But um, but yeah, it was, a, it was great chatting, man. Look forward to next time. Yeah, definitely. See you next time. See Peace. You. Cheers.